Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. All right. We are here. Episode cinco. That's number five for our English speakers. <laughs> yes. Episode five. What are we and talking about today? Yeah. So today's episode is called, if I eat intuitively, will I gain weight forever and ever and ever? The and questions. I think, yeah, I think that we hear this a lot um, when we hear about intuitive eating, when our new followers come to our page and have no idea what intuitive eating is and they start reading about it or they start following other pages and other accounts are like, but wait a second, if I'm eating whatever I want, doesn't that mean I'm going to gain weight? Um, and so it's a fear that many have, and it's a fear that's real. And so it, we think that it's something that needs to be addressed, uh, because it's not addressed very often, um, by, you know, a lot. So let's discuss this, Melissa. So why don't you take the stage here for a little bit and, and talk about this? Yeah. Well, you know, this is a, a fear that feels really real for people and, that makes a lot of sense when we think about our culture and all that we learn. So if you have this fear, we don't want you to judge yourself or think, oh my God, am I an awful person? Um, it is something that comes up in our society and it can be a real roadblock to your success, which is why if you're working with someone or you're avoiding this in your intuitive eative practice, mm -hmm. you can get away with that for a little while. But I'm going to tell you something, at some point, your body may change in a way that feels uncomfortable for you. And if that happens and you don't have a skill set to dismantle what's called internalized fat phobia, we're going to define that in a second, you may find it really hard to get the full relief and freedom that you're looking for. So that's why we want to talk about this. Yeah. We also want to talk about this because so long as we all carry this internalized fat phobia or fear of fatness, it means that people who are in bigger bodies are always held back by the beliefs that we hold about what it means to be in a bigger body. Now, you have seen pictures of Delina and I before, probably because you found us on Instagram and we show up there from time to time. Mm -hmm. Delina and I, no secret, are in what is called a straight size body. I use this term instead of the term normal or yeah. regular or average, which are not honoring the reality that most women in this country are in plus size bodies. The average is actually in a quote, overweight BMI. Yeah. Yet we call women who look like me and Delina normal and average and yeah. regular. And so the term straight size emerged from the fat activist community as a way to kind of correct that. And, you know, when I first started saying I'm a straight size woman, it felt really awkward for me because I'd never heard that term before. <laughs> I mean, did it feel that way for you, Delina? It does. Say that? It does. Like, yeah. it's, it feels weird. And it's important because when we start saying these words in this way, it does start to dismantle the belief systems that keep fat phobia in place. And so um, first, I just want to introduce that term to people who haven't heard it. And if you are a straight sized woman, maybe let yourself wrap your head around that. What can I be doing to help my sisters out there in bigger bodies have a safer world? <laughs> yes. 
I also am bringing this up because Delina and I have a very different experience than some of our listeners who are in bigger bodies. And so um, when I address my internalized fat phobia, I still have the privilege of living in this body. And you know what? I have a privilege over my friend Delina because my skin is lighter than hers. And so both of us have to, as we're uh, giving this message to you, disclose that our experience will not be yours. And we want to hear about that. We want to hear about that on our comments and in our messages, because I think what we're about to teach you does look different for different individuals. And in our practice, we really take pride in our ability to sit with you and listen and learn and tailor this message for you. So you know, on this podcast, we can't listen to all of your individual stories. Gosh, I wish we could. Um, but, you know, give us a little grace as we explain things here in a broad way from our perspective. Yeah. Is that too so, much? No, that was beautifully said. Okay. Thank beautifully, you. Beautifully, beautifully said. Because, you know, I'm, to hear I'm, it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's much needed and it's something that, again, we need to talk about and we shouldn't be afraid um, to talk about it because we, we want to make this a comfortable space for anybody that that's listening to us. So when we talk about, you know, what, what this, you know, fear is, what, what fat phobia is, we have to really discuss how anyone who is living and has experienced being in a bigger body, what it feels to them, right? Those real feelings, and, and comments that cause them to have these fears, right? Because again, when you're starting something new like intuitive eating and we can't promise what's gonna happen to your body, that fear of gaining weight does sometimes you know, come in and, and you start questioning everything that you're doing, right? So you have to be able, and that's what me and Melissa really do, kind of talk your way through this and understand what these feelings are and how you're going to be able to um, be compassionate with yourself. Because we're always talking about that compassion. And adopt um, a skill set. Adapt. Yeah. Because, you know, for some individuals, they are needing to learn ways to um, maybe communicate with others or advocate for themselves, which is not fair, you know, that, that you need to, to develop that skill set. You've got to become an excellent problem solver in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I have clients who have said to me, Melissa, like, I know that I carry this belief about me that I'm not going to be as valuable if I become bigger. I'm not going to be yeah. as well liked. I'm going to be judged. I can't tease out how much of that is me telling myself a story and mm-hmm. how much is it real because it yeah. is happening. Um, and really being able to, to kind of explore what's really true, what's really happening, yep. what is a story you're telling yourself, yep. and then teasing that out so that you can figure out what you want to do as a result of the belief systems you have. You know, exactly. you don't have to feel bad for thinking it. The question is, how do I want to work with it? How do I want to do this so that I get the relief and the freedom I'm looking for? Because I'll tell you one thing. I had someone say this the other day. She's like, we were having this conversation. I was almost like, oh no, like, please don't give up. Let's work. Yeah. And I, I kind of was counseling her. She goes, oh, Melissa, I'm not going back to dieting. Like my fears are not putting me back to that old place. I just need help <laughs> working through it. And gosh, I was so glad we were able to have the conversation and yeah. keep her going because you can work through it. That's, that's funny that you had that conversation because I had the same exact conversation this morning as well with one of my clients. Um, and she said the, the same exact thing. She does not want to go back 
to mm-hmm. that part of her life because she feels so much better now, but she still has to work, you know, through those beliefs, internalized thoughts and beliefs that she still has about, about herself. And so a few weeks ago, I asked my audience, you know, why do you fear gaining weight? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them said things like, um, because I am already in a bigger body, I'm afraid that I won't be able to do things if I gain weight. Um, they said that they feel like they're being, they're being a failure. They're afraid of that. Um, they're afraid of being made fun of. Mm-hmm. And growing up, you know, they, they always felt like the only way to feel worthy or liked in your body is if you were thin. Um, and because they don't want to be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Because again, because society has placed this, you know, thin equals healthy label on almost everything that we see. Correct. It's, you know, it's a fear of if I gain weight, I am not going to be healthy. And so and it feels so true. It, like, yes. I, yes. I can't tell you guys, clean up your feeds. I have clients sending <laughs> me these terrible I know. posts from doctors, you know, they're credentialed on paper, but when you look at what they're saying, it's like, unbelievably weight biased um twists of of scientific literature they're just it's just not true but but to the receiver to the person looking at it Mm -hmm. here's a doctor saying these things like it's bad out there you guys it is and (laughs) and you know to go back to that client that i actually spoke to this morning she was telling me how her doctor's so great she got a new doctor um and she is a woman and, you know, she's been working with me for a while and she went to the doctors and the doctor was like, why are you worried about this? And, and I was so happy and I want to meet this doctor, but this doctor was like, your health is not tied to your weight. And I was like, did he really say that? Is this real? Like, I need to be friends with the doctor. Is she taking referrals? I'm sure everybody's (laughs) picking up the phone to call her right now. Because this is something that you don't hear so Mm -hmm. much. And um, I was just so happy that my client has this support system from her medical provider and from me as her dietitian, uh, because it really did help her understand, like, my health is not tied to my weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a beautiful full circle when she was able to kind of put all that together. Yeah. But again, societal pressures and fat phobia and weight bias, right? And that's mm-hmm. what this most doctors kind of experience um, is there and it's real. Yeah. I want to make one quick message here. Yeah. Um, two women in straight size bodies that are listening you know, I want you to kind of just put your little receivers up for, for these stories in your life. Your antennas. Your antennas. Yes, that's probably the better way to say it. I always jumble <laughs> my words. Like, please, like, why am I doing a podcast? Um, <laughs> Stop. So the, the antenna, put your antenna up. Yeah, yeah, antenna you can't see us, but we're yeah. like, we look like unicorns with our fingers up. Um, you know, be listening for these scenarios in your life and maybe listening to that little voice in your own mind because the difference between me working on my internalized fat phobia and my body image concerns and someone you know then like my mother doing that same work is that the uh, the oppression or the judgment or the bias still exists for the person in the bigger body and so as we're saying this stuff i want to be clear yes we all need to do the work internally and individually in mm-hmm. ourselves but for those who are safe to do it, women like me and Delina, why are we not stepping up? Why are we not saying, hey, you know what? That's not true in ways that feel safe and really becoming allies to people 
when we say we're breaking the diet cycle for ourselves and the next generation, we don't just mean our biological children. <laughs> we yeah. are very incentivized to doing this for all women. And, you know, to the degree you feel comfortable, I want you to challenge yourself here and say, wait a minute, how can I change the belief system? Is it using the word straight size to describe myself? Mm -hmm. Is it to shut down or say, yeah. Ooh, that stings. That's not a funny joke about the yep. quarantine 15. Um, really being a little bit, just a little bit more vocal here and advocating for people who already have to do a ton of work advocating for themselves. Yeah. And I'm through. Continue. Yes. <laughs> so then, you know, we were, we were leading into the societal, uh, fat phobia, yes. which you kind of brought us into how we can, you know, kind of nip it in the butt, uh, when we hear these things and that's how we can start, you know, changing the dialogue. Right. Um, and so weight bias is something that, again, many of us have because we have never been taught differently because, again, we correlate health to being thin. We correlate um, worthiness to being thin. And then we have TV and media who is constantly portraying, you know, if there is someone in a bigger body on a show, um, which is not always the case, right? There's a lot of straight mm -hmm. Uh, bodied people on TV um, or extremely thin. Um, all of wherever you look, you know, there's always some sort of like snark remark. And I don't know who did I see say this about like I love comedy, but your um, your comments or your jokes about um, gaining weight or weight are not funny. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't it's remember hard to whose account TV I saw that. Yeah, it's so hard to watch. TV. Like a lot of like favorite like um, friends with mm -hmm. Monica's backstory, not mm -hmm. funny, mm -hmm. not funny. No, um, I even I really love that show, New Girl. It's so funny yeah. and it's so progressive in so many different ways. That show. But they, Schmidt, the Schmidt character. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. So, you know, it's a little bit tough to see. But it's, it's no surprise when you watch some of these shows and how until you open your eyes and you see it, mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, huh. And have I laughed at those jokes before? Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's what was projected as funny. Always projected. Until you realize, like, gosh, this is really hurting other people. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, some of you are probably like, duh, how insensitive. Like... How can you know if you didn't, I didn't, I never went through it. How would I know that? And so I think yeah. that, um, I just feel so lucky that I've had people in my life explain this to me and call mm -hmm. me in and tell me how it's impacting them so that I could, I could change my behavior. Um, I wish I had done it sooner. So yeah. I think Agreed. that is, is a helpful thing, but yeah, yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And so to so most no wonder. earlier, yeah unfollow those accounts unfollow unfollow people that are make you feel like feel insecure or say it out loud on the tv show yeah. that's not funny my husband doesn't now i'm so proud of him he's like that wasn't funny i'm like you're right it wasn't funny <laughs> planting that seed. tell your friends <laughs> yes um, so for sure so, so what's gonna happen to the weight though i think that that we get the context of like mm -hmm. the water we're swimming in Mm -hmm. when one starts intuitive eating how do you like describe the biology of what happens when we start intuitive eating against the size of your body yeah so this is what we call weight set point right so weight set point is the range in which your body is programmed to function optimal optimally right um and this is a theory which says that one's body is always going to fight us to maintain the weight range that it wants to be at. This is biological, 
this is genetic. Um, and so this weight range um, is what I like to call fluid. It just goes with the flow, right? <laughs> um, and when I say it goes with the flow, I mean that it's not stagnant. You know, you're not, this weight range is always, it's going to change depending on what's going on in your life, right? So when we age, right, the aging process, that causes our weight set point to change. When you go through something like having a baby, that weight set point is going to change. When you go through stressful life situations, you go, you have a big move, you start a new job, something that's going to cause a lot of stress in, in, in your everyday life, that range might change a little bit. But what we do know is that the average person, right, that number, that set point is anywhere between 10 to 20 pounds. So again, that's the, the, the range in which your body feels comfortable. And when you fight to get out of that range, your body fights back. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that, you know, is not an answer that a lot of people want to hear, <laughs> but it's genetics mm -hmm. and it's biology. Can I tell um, you the one big mistake that I see a lot of people make in this process? What is that? I don't know if I'd call it a mistake because there are no mistakes <laughs> in intuitive eating, but there's maybe a, a wishful thinking that happens. Yes. Oh, I know. Nearly say. everybody I work with believes they are at the tippity tippity top of their set point range. They believe that they are like absolutely, maybe even beyond their set point range. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that's not true for some individuals, but when you first start the process, you are bringing in a lot of new foods. You are experimenting. Wow. The way you eat in the beginning of your IE journey is not how you eat mm -hmm. forever. And that is also true for your body size, up, down, or the same. Mm -hmm. So just to let everybody know, when you go into this, you've, you've got to be prepared to experience this journey, right? That yes. the way you eat and look on the first day of doing intuitive eating <laughs> will be different than yeah. one month, maybe yeah. different than three months. The point isn't to manipulate the weight. And if your intention is, I'm going to do this so I can find the tippity bottom of my set point weight you are very likely missing out on the most important part of the work, mm -hmm. which is to see yourself as more than a body, mm -hmm. which is to see yourself as having a capable body that can tell mm -hmm. you and take good care of you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just my little pro yeah. tip. Yeah. And also experiment. Think, yeah. And also I think it's important that when you're at this place, this is more than just a number on the scale. This is caring for your mental and emotional health. This is supporting your body to be at a place where it is comfortable, mm -hmm. right? And so again, that's why I say it's fluid because it's going to change. It, it's, it, you can't expect to always be the same size for the rest of your life. Um, and that's hard to, to kind of, make peace with because everything else is telling us that you're supposed to be the same yeah. size in your 20s in i mean your 30s, seriously in like your 40s in your 50s keep jeans like, for 15 yeah. years hoping yeah or imagining yeah. you know and whenever before i was working in weight loss mm -hmm. you would say to people what's your goal and they'd, they'd always reference yeah. well in high school i was <laughs> yes. like always. whenever someone asks like what weight do you want to be they're like or then they'll say, I'll be realistic. I can't be how small I was in high school, yeah. but maybe like 
plus 10 pounds more is fine, but no more. Like it's arbitrary. And I think that that we're all trained to think like that a little bit. Like 16 was our peak year. Uh, Don't find my yearbook. It wasn't, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it, it's hard to kind of untrain the ideals that we're supposed to look one way and that way forever. Yeah. And so if that's coming up for you, be compassionate. It was learned Very compassionate. It can be unlearned too. Yes. So I guess we want to kind of close this off by talking about what, what to if, do. <laughs> yeah. What if you are really, really scared about gaining weight? Right. And I think it's important to sit with those thoughts, right. And kind of work through those thoughts and understand why you feel this way. And like you said, you learned this, you can unlearn it. Um, And it takes time. And sometimes it's hard to do it by yourself. And that's why, you know, Melissa and I love to provide the space for you all to be able to talk to us, to work through these, you know, thoughts with us so that we can help kind of rephrase them um, so that you're not measuring your worth based on a number. Mm -hmm. Right. And so really what we want you to take away from this episode is that we can't guarantee what's going to happen when you start your intuitive eating journey. Um, And we can't tell you where you're going to fall on that set point. But we do want you to know that intuitive eating allows you to have that mental capability, that emotional capability to be able to live a life free of worrying about a number on the scale or macros or calories or you know it just allows you to be free and yourself so that you can do so many other things yeah and as uncertain as it feels in the beginning it becomes more certain with time because your weight will not fluctuate up and down forever and ever and so yeah if you start to see some changes in your body happening that's when Delina's recommendation is most helpful to say, okay, I see the change happening. I feel it happening. Why do I feel this way? Is the way I'm feeling true or is it a story I'm telling yeah. right, to bring it back around? <laughs> if it's true, problem solve through it. You have that capacity, girl. You have mm-hmm. that strength. You have that resilience. And if it's not true and it is a story you're telling, well, Wonderful, because this gives you some footing to start to reshape the narrative in your mind. Yes. That happens with community. It happens with dialogue with, with someone who's been through it before, either in supporting a client or yeah. someone who's maybe ahead of the journey with you. That's why I love my group format, because yeah. actually, I don't know how your group is, but I have one gal who has actually been doing IE for a little while, but she's having a little hard time breaking through. Mm-hmm. she has been such an asset to the other women in the group. I feel the same way too. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I've been there. Try this. And then they're yeah. helping her because mm-hmm. she hasn't been a beginner at it for a while. So yeah. community is really helpful for this. So, so, um, so helpful. Yeah. Because I, there's insights there that I just don't have that I'm like, excellent. Mm-hmm. This is the dream squad. <laughs> um, so yeah. This was a meaty episode. It was, it was. So that was today's episode. We'd love for you to leave a review wherever you found this podcast so that we can help other women like you looking to heal their relationship with food find our show. And if you need more support, Delina and I are both offering programs for women who want to break the diet cycle for themselves and their families. If you want to learn more, you can follow me, Melissa, at No More Guilt. And me, Delina, at Your Latina Nutritionist. 
never hesitate to message us. We both have free guides. We'd be very happy for you to have to use alongside the podcast. That could be kind of a nice little accompaniment to what you're listening to here. We'll see you on Insta, just like we found each other. Thanks for being here with us and being who you are. Peace, love, and break the diet cycle.